Welcome to the CTO Connection podcast. I'm Peter Bell, and every week I'll be sharing an interview with a top engineering leader. Firstly, I want to thank AWS, who are our exclusive ultimate partner, and without whom we couldn't run our summits or the business. AWS offers a broad set of global cloud-based products to equip technology leaders to build better and more powerful solutions. Reach out to aws-cto-program at amazon.com if you're interested in learning more about their offerings. Our friends and sustaining partners at Code Climate just upgraded their Velocity product with Team and Developer 360s. If you're worried about engineering speed or your time to market, you need to know what's happening on the engineering team from the individual engineer up through senior management. The new Velocity offers a 360 degree holistic view into how your engineering org is performing with data and accurate objective metrics. Code Climate is selling measurable improvements, 20% plus for most customers, in feature cycle time and deploy frequency. All CTO Connection folks get a free product tour and engineering data consultation. Just mention Peter on your first call. Today I'm speaking with Greg Thomas. Greg, in addition to founding Beta Rover, is the author of a book called Code Your Way Up, uh, which is a book on software leadership. Greg, thanks so much for taking the time to chat today. Thank you very much for having me, Peter. It's great to be here. So firstly, just to get a little bit of sense of the book and the context, what is the book and why did you write it? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, So uh, I've been in the software industry for about 20 plus years. Uh, Started out coding. I still code today. But throughout the growth of my career, I have taken on many leadership roles, team lead, project lead, manager, VP of R&D groups. And what I started to see in kind of working with developers and teams and, and other groups as well is there was a bit of a vacuum in helping developers grow as leaders uh, and become great managers. You know, they would be fantastic coders, uh, lead small projects, but then when they had to take that big leap to managing a team and leading a team, which kind of goes beyond management as well, uh, there was a big gap there. And and when you look at some of the great leaders that people would always kind of reference and get together and talk about, uh, the work they started doing started early on in their career and steps they they took to get there. Now, that's not to say that if you know if you haven't started from 10 years ago, like you're not going to get there now. But that was one main audience for the book. And the second audience is for managers that are in that position of leading teams and wanting to grow their teams and establish culture and, you know, what things they do they need to think of and can they uh, apply and adjust within their their team uh, right now to help them grow as well. Got it. So obviously with our audience, we're talking primarily with people who have a, a little more experience. And I'd love to dive into like some of the ideas from the book as it relates to how do you grow the individuals on your team. So obviously you build a team, you hire a number of people. At some point in time, the, the team gets to the point where it's like, hey, we're thinking of teams of teams and leads. Uh, what are some of the, the first things you'd recommend when you're thinking about kind of growing the individuals on your team and figuring out how to build out the management slots as your organization scales? Yeah, so definitely on the on the individual side, I'll, I'll start there. Um, you know, sometimes you get to pick your team and sometimes your team is simply given to you. And that can be a struggle on its own because they might not be the personalities that you would pick. 
but they're the team uh, that, that you've been given. So, so in that sense, really what I like to suggest is, you know, you're starting off with this team on day one, you're having your first team meeting as soon as you've been kind of promoted into that position, uh, or you're taking over an existing team, a very mature team, uh, your, your first thing should be to sit down with them and, and talk about, you know, what is everybody doing? Where are they struggling? And most importantly, where do you need help? And in the short term, that's, that's going to give you the quick wins you need to help your team gain trust in you. Because at the end of the day, leadership and management is all about trust with you and your, your team, no matter what level you're at. So asking those three questions as soon as possible of your team is going to help you kind of establish that short-term direction you have to do while also thinking about the long-term things in your head. Now, like those, I, I usually like to do at a team level where everyone's in, in the room. But then what I like to do is also break everybody out individually and kind of start having, you know, one-on-ones with the team to figure out what do you need specifically for you know, career growth, uh, development, where, where can I help you? Uh, you know, in some cases it's, you know, well, I was hoping to have the job that they gave to you. Uh, so the, the answer back is, how do I get to be where you are? And then it's like, okay, well, now that I know that's a path you want to go on, how can I help you get there? And at the same time, why maybe are, are you not there right now? You know, and this kind of starts dovetailing into culture, which I think is a big component of any any team, large, small, or or mature, in which the question I always like to put to the team when we're thinking about those things is, who do we want to be when we grow up? Because right now, like you are a new team, whether, you know, you've been managing for years or um, the team has been grinding it out for, for years, you are a new team. And and that's what kind of sets the direction. And it's a simple question that gets everybody on the same page. It's like, okay, who, where do we want to go? Um, like, even if you're in a big company, where do we want to go? And uh, what do we want to achieve even within our own team? Makes sense. Now, just when you are speaking with individuals, it's hard because there's this kind of historic precedent where a lot of people are like, well, I guess I start as an engineer, then I'll become a manager. And one day I'll become a CTO, which is the management path. And that that's reasonable and appropriate, but that's not necessarily the right path for everyone. So how do you help people to identify whether maybe they'd be a better fit for a technical part track that takes them to principal engineer or architect, as opposed to a management track that, that might take them in the other direction? Yeah, that's a, so leadership, I find, takes its way in many forms, like you're saying. So there's the people that are fantastic at leading people. Um, but then there's also the technical leaders um, or leaders of customers, if you want to call them that, who, you know, will send on customer sites for a month at a time to work with a customer. And they are actually the best leader for that role versus someone who manages a team, they would find that role very isolating, uh, very hard to work with. Uh, many times when we've sent people on site, it's not a perfect situation they're going into. There's a lot of personalities they have to deal with. And sometimes you're dealing with a customer who is on the brink of throwing out your work that your team has done. And this person's being sent in to save the day. Um, so to kind of go back to, to your earlier question, uh, one thing I definitely try to coach people on is 
giving feedback isn't always the pat on the back. So if someone says like, yeah, you're great, you know, you should just keep doing what you're doing because you're fantastic at coding and you should just keep on that. It, it's kind of a cop-out because it's really good for them that you're an amazing coder and you're taking this load off of them and you're doing that part for the team, but they're not really helping you grow. So to new resources on, on a team, I always encourage them to go, you know, if someone's giving you that type of feedback, you should push them for more. Like you should take the initiative and schedule it. And, and don't wait for your review period or whatever. Have that that meeting and kind of force them to know, like I want feedback. I want to know where I need to grow. Uh, I want to know where I, I have to grow. I, I want, uh, one time I had a very technical leader. They were, they were very good at managing projects, very good at development. They had a lot of work to do on the people side. And when we sat down, it was, they very much wanted to go into that area of managing people and managing teams and having their own dedicated team. And it was okay. Like then what we're going to do is we're going to set you up with these projects and we're going to put some extra work in during that that time to help to help you down that path to get you there. Uh, it might take a little longer, but that's the path that we'll, we'll go down. Now, there is one, like when you mentioned the kind of progression of, you know, developer, lead, manager, VP, CTO, whatever, I, I am very much a proponent of, you know, that might be the path laid out, but it might be, not be the path for you. Like you might need to dovetail into other groups, other areas, uh, doing other development. And through there, you'll probably get those skills, those really hard skills of like working with people and dealing with change, um, which kind of go into CTOs and, and really great senior managers to to be able to excel in those areas. Got it. So what would be some of the advice? Let's say that you, you are a more senior engineering leader, this is the audience, and somebody asks you, and pushes back and says, I want more feedback. How would you think about selecting the right feedback to give somebody on your team that is going to be uh, appropriate, useful, and, and, and perceived in the right way? There's one section of the book I talked to about, you know, when someone's putting in a lot of effort and, and they're close to burning out because they're putting in a lot of overtime and they're thinking that that's what's going to help them get there. And they're asking you for, for feedback and like, so how am I doing? How am I doing? The manager should know at that point that like what they're really asking for is like, I want you to tell me how well I'm doing. Like I want the validation. I'm not ready for the feedback. I've, I've had a couple of cases where I read that the wrong way and I went, okay, like they would, they want some feedback and we'd sit down and go, you know, you're doing these five things really well. And these other four things probably need some work. What do you mean these other four things need to work? Like I'm doing amazing and I'm doing all this extra time and everybody else isn't doing this and I'm doing, you know, evenings and all this stuff. I said, okay, like I totally read, misread that situation because what you wanted was the validation. Right. So how do you distinguish whether you, you think somebody is looking for validation versus constructive feedback? I now take a look at the situation they're in, uh, what they're working on, and, and I also try and gauge from them like what's triggering the question. Not, not that it's a bad question, but I just want to make sure it's coming from the right place and not from, well, I looked at some job opportunities on a job board, or I saw someone else got to take on a bigger project than me. Like I want it to be internally driven that, um, you know, I've been managing these projects for a while. I think I'm ready for a bigger challenge. Uh, I want to know how I make that, that leap. So knowing what's driving them is what really helps identify what kind of feedback you're you're going to give them and i'm not trying to say um, 
sugarcoat it one way or the other, but it does help to make sure that they're hearing the feedback that that you're giving. Um, like to your to your earlier point that you know I I myself have, have managed a lot of teams. Um, you know I've been an architect on a number of projects. Um, I, I love coding and still do try and keep coding today because I, I just enjoy it as a practice. Um, but I know like very technical team leadership that are very in-depth and protocols and security and stuff like that's that's not the kind of leadership for me so it's also trying to help them kind of see where they're strong and and if they want to take those those steps to those other things so so it is some probing questions right um you know like do you want to manage a team or do you want to work on on bigger projects because those are two different things do you like we were talking about earlier like do you want to manage the customer deployment and lead a totally separate group of people that are outside of the company? And, and some people are fantastic about that because, you know, they're like the tiger team that is in and out every couple of months with a brand new group of people and a brand new group of team. And they, and they need that change happening to them. Whereas there's other senior managers, leaders, uh, if you want to call them that are like, I want my stable team. I don't, I don't want a rotating team that, that's changing constantly. So, so it's really about kind of figuring out those questions. And I know that that might sound like a bit of a vague uh, answer because the first part I put a lot of effort into is kind of figuring out what they want. Uh, but then from there, it's figuring out like, like where, where they want to go. And then, and then from there, I think that helps drives a lot of the questions and, you know, do you, I lost the uh, the uh, term for it, but do you want the like no filtered kind of feedback, or do you want me to sugarcoat it a bit for you? Um, and some people want the no filter, and that and that's what's going to help them grow. And then they're like, okay, so what you're always hoping for at the end is after you give that feedback is what's the plan that you can help me with to get forward, right? And if you can get that, then you know they're invested in wanting to grow and move forward with it. Which, which is what your your hope is as you're giving them this feedback. Definitely. So I, I've got to take a, a quick left turn here. So you said you still code. How much is this for real production code? Is it like PR reviews? Is it just like tools for the team? How, how many hours a week and, and how do you make that continue to work while you're still involved with building and leading teams? Yeah, so... The code I'm doing right now, like it varies by project. So right now I'm on a project where I'm doing a lot of prototyping and proof of concepts for the the team. So I get to do a little bit of fun coding in that sense. But as a manager and leader, like when I've been involved in other projects and, and other teams, sometimes the coding I end up doing is a lot more of the grunt work. So for instance, you know, um, if we have a high priority project and the team is pushing hard to get it out the door the coding that i take on is a lot of the like oh we need to move this button over here or someone doesn't like how it goes on and off and this page doesn't have the right background so you as the leader are kind of taking the grunt work for the team so they can focus on the really important problems at, at the end of the day i'm not coding you know seven eight hours a day and and i, I i'm not investing the time in the platforms or whatever on the really complex high profile issues so so as a leader even though i love to code like sometimes it changes per project there's some where I, I do get called in to do like some of that high profile coding 
but a lot of the time it's it's the grunt work now that on in the long term helps the team because they see like okay like you're willing to get in the trenches and get dirty and help us get out uh, and this is the stuff that is the where we're going to spend a lot of time but not get a lot done it's going to take us away from what we're trying to do and what we're trying to achieve here and sometimes that's how it goes now today's I'm probably doing like an hour of coding uh, a day, like for the past couple of months on this one project that I'm on. Okay, sounds good. So then to go back to the the whole like growing people in, into management roles, uh, firstly, how do you help somebody to think about what a management role is and whether they would enjoy it? Because it's not so much, some people think of it as a promotion, but really it's a career change, right? It's not that you go from writing code to writing more code, you go from writing code to ensuring your team is unblocked, managing how they're feeling, supporting them with the career progression. How do you help somebody to determine whether that would be a good next step for them or not? Yeah, like as the manager's role and, and the leader, like there's a lot of observation that goes into it of your team, right? And and I think that's a tricky thing right now where where some teams have been forcefully asked to work remotely that you have to put in that extra energy to kind of see, you know, who on my team is kind of just taking the initiative and jumping into problems and volunteering to kind of lead this little thing and not waiting to be asked who's, who's online. And, you know, like in the, in the group chats or the team meetings is, you know, putting up their hands and asking questions. So to me, those, those things, uh, volunteering, um, showing interest, are the little things in my head that go off and go like, okay, like I think this person is wanting to do a little more than what they're doing now. And what I try and do then is like, okay, so let's start seeing how they do on some small things. Like, okay, Jane, I can't make the team meeting today. Like, are you able to lead it and kind of collect what everybody's on and kind of see how it goes. And those are, you know, as a leader, those are some experiments that that you just have to do to kind of, you know, because, at the same time, you have your team, and that way they're not going like, "Whoa, like is this our new manager now? Like you're you're in and out of this person's uh, responsible." Uh, but you'll get some feedback from the team whether it went well or whether uh, it went horribly wrong. <laughs> and, and and I've had instances on both sides, and unfortunately, if it went well, you don't always hear things until you have to go to other people on your team and ask them. But if it went bad, you will hear immediately like. Yeah, they were taking notes and like assigning work to us and giving us tasks. Is, is is that kind of what you wanted? And no, I just wanted them to kind of just run the meeting while I couldn't make it. But and the same thing is true with small projects. Like we can all break things down, and it's a great way to get someone to try something out and see how they do and see how they do with the stress of something when it goes wrong. And then from there, it's just a great way to keep scaling it up. And if the person's doing it right. And they're kind of developing those, you know, everyone calls them soft skills, but they're really hard skills. It's all the interpersonal team dynamics and seeing someone emerge on the team as, and everyone kind of going like, okay, this person could be, you know, our next manager or go to another group and be a manager. How they, they, they deal with that and how people respond to it. Right. Like I think the, and, and I'm sure it's similar in other industries as well, but the, the team lead role is really kind of one of those fun, perfect roles where you're still doing half of your job, and, and then but you're doing this other leadership role as well. And you get to try out a lot of things and mess it up. 
and no one's going to go like, well, you're my manager. You should know. It's like, no, like I'm just the team lead trying to do my, my best and get it done. So that to me, I see as a key role in organizations. It's a great way to kind of try people out in a position, uh, give them a little bit of responsibility, but not the whole management portfolio. Like I remember the first time I became a manager, uh, it was a shock from the day before and the next day where I was all of a sudden like HR is like, okay, so here's your team. Here's the people that are reporting to you. Uh, here's what you have to do next. I was like, wait, what? how do I do all this other stuff that I still have on my plate that everyone's asking me for? And then you have this lineup of people going like, all right, so lead us. <laughs> but if they can manage that, that transition and you give them the room to grow, I think it's a great way to groom people. But you're really looking for a couple of those small things as, you know, how are they helping out the rest of the team? Like if someone has a problem, are they kind of going like, just, just ask somebody else to deal with it? Or are they kind of willing to, you know, like, just, just give me two minutes and I'll come over there and help you for half an hour. Like those, those, those are the signs that, that start to emerge. And now some exclusive offers for my partners. Amazon Web Services offers a broad set of global cloud-based products to equip technology leaders to build better and more powerful solutions. Partnering with CTO Connection, AWS is now offering an exclusive program to our listeners. The program includes up to $100,000 of AWS credits, a free consulting session with an AWS solution architect to review your environment, your strategies, and optimize your costs, and other resources to help you to get started on migrating to AWS. If you're interested in learning more, please reach out to aws-cto-program at amazon.com. To lend a hand to those ramping up remote engineering processes, Code Climate is offering the CTO Connection community 45 days of full access to their engineering analytics application, no strings attached. Velocity turns SCM data into actionable insights so leaders can get visibility into the speed, capacity, and output of their newly distributed teams. Your 45-day package will include access to the full capabilities of the Velocity Professional Package, a consultation with a product specialist who will map your key initiatives to data, and a training session for engineering managers and executives about how to interpret and apply this data in a way that engenders trust. CodeClimate hopes that this will equip engineering leadership to take on a new set of challenges in the weeks ahead. To request access, head to codeclimate.com slash CTO Connection and use the code CTO Connection. Now, let's say that you found somebody and they are interested in the management track. Are there specific trainings or resources? Like, how do you get better at those things above and beyond just simply leading a team and trying it? Have you have you come across any resources that help people to reduce the time required to become a competent manager? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so one thing I talk a bit about in the book is finding your your non-leadership style. And, and I kind of boil it down to, because uh, sometimes I see managers get very sucked into this black hole of like, well, I, I have to be like a manager at this company or a manager at that company because those companies are successful. So they must be doing it right. And then they kind of go down a path of, well, how, how come it didn't work for me when it worked so well for, for them? And, and, and I feel for them and because it's like, well, the context was could have been totally different, team size, company size, all these other variables. So, so usually I try and get them to start simple and go, look, at this stage in your career, you've probably had a lot of managers, directors, whoever. What are the things that they did that you didn't think was the right way to lead a team? Like that just really 
you disagreed with. So write down that list. Maybe it's five, 10, 10 things. Start there because in your mind, if you're not doing those five or 10 things, then you're going to be doing a pretty good job, right? So it kind of alleviates some of the, the stress that a new manager has. Now, program-wise, I myself have never taken any kind of leadership programs. I have taken um, done a ton of reading on leadership books. And a lot of, I, I guess, my leadership style is kind of rooted in practicality and empathy with your your team and the people that you're working with, right? And and I think for some, it can be a big switch where they're they're used to like, look, we got to deliver by a certain date. So that's how the team has to move. Like, like we still have to deliver by certain dates. And it gets tricky when they have to start taking these other factors into account. So of like, okay, like this guy has an issue at home now and now I have to hear his problems and, and how that's going to kind of translate into his work and I have to figure out a way to motivate him. There's a couple of great books out there. I just finished reading one from Julie Zhang. I hope I'm pronouncing her name right. Uh, she's a manager at Facebook or, or was at Facebook at, at one point in time. But uh, it, it was a great book for for new managers as as well. Yeah, but programs, uh, I, haven't, I haven't had the opportunity to take any in that, in that regard. And just what was the book by Julie Zhang? Uh, it's called The Making of a Manager. The Making of a Manager. Awesome. Any other uh, books that you would recommend or that you, you enjoyed that relate to leadership? Um, it, it's not particularly related to leadership, but one program I did do uh, was Seth Godin's Alt-MBA program. And it doesn't broadcast itself directly as like, this is a leadership management program, but the way it operates and the way it talks about, uh, you, you know, you're working in groups and you have daily prompts that you need to do and you have to work with your your cohort on it. And each week your cohort changes. Um, it's, it's, it's quite a good setup for what managing teams are like, how things are constantly changing, how you know, you're constantly being thrown questions to, to deal with your team in terms of like, well, what's their worldview and what's mine, you know, setting goals and whatnot. So like, it's like, I kind of, when I took it, uh, I was at a stage in my career where I had just been promoted to a senior management position. And, uh, and it was a great kind of twist on the management approach. Nice. So another part when you're thinking about growing your team is this whole idea of succession planning, right? At some point, it's like, how can you put yourself out of a job so that you can move to a higher level or, or to another problem within the business? How do you think about uh, the, that kind of succession planning process? What, what are some of the things that, that you focus on when you're taking over or managing a team? Yeah, like definitely you want to plan for the, um, the getting hit by a bus syndrome. Whereas you know, you're you're the only person that can do it, and like what what would we do if you got hit by a bus? Um, so you can go the route of you know everyone is kind of their own specialist in their own area on the on on the team. Uh, the only problem is that like if one of them gets hit by a bus, like what's the impact to the team in terms of delivery? So definitely kind of spreading that out between the different different team members as to kind of what their what their roles are. But also, like, I, I very much try with a lot of my team to give them a lot of initiative to take and not to worry if something goes bad. Uh, 
obviously if it's something like very big that they're looking to undertake, it's like, okay, let's talk about it first before we commit to it. But uh, to your, to your question, I remember one time I was leaving a company as a software manager and we were doing the whole going through everybody on the team and who's doing what and who can do everything. And uh, the decision at the end was like, well, we're not going to get a new manager at the end because the team is running so well on its own that they're, they've, they've kind of become the self-organizing, self-managing unit where they, they work with each other for checks and balances. So the only thing they really need is someone to do some extra reporting. Now, at the time, I felt totally demotivated because I was like, well, okay, so I haven't, so are you thinking I haven't been doing anything for a while? <laughs> uh, but, but it was actually all that work and kind of building the team to be like that, where it's more of like uh, an interdependency between everybody and how they trust and approach their, their work. And as you're working with specific individuals on your team, what are some of the tools, one-on-ones, weekly meeting, quarterly reviews, annual reviews? Like what what kind of uh, touch points do you use to help somebody to reflect on how and where they want to grow and what steps they need to take to, to get there successfully? Yeah, definitely the one-on-ones are, are huge. Um, you know, I've had some cases where I've had a team where uh, doing a one-on-one with a person where for the first three one-on-ones they would say nothing and we just kind of sit there in a room staring at each other or we would go for a coffee and just talk about nothing and then I remember feeling okay I think these are a waste of time because we're not talking about anything but then the fourth one it was like the floodgates open and everything started coming out I was like you know I want to be doing more of this I want to focus on these projects I want to learn these skills and my, my advice on one-on-ones is if, if I didn't do those first three ones where we just sat there, I don't think it would have established the trust that I was really there to listen. If I had to cancel it after one and go like, okay, well, you don't want to say anything or talk to me. Um, so it was the act of showing up each time to do the one-on-one. Uh, I, I definitely like doing the one-on-ones uh, more on an ongoing basis and not waiting for the quarterly reviews. I find if you're just doing the quarterly reviews, it just it's too late uh, to kind of like, unless it's, you know, the first quarter, fine, then you have nine months to go. But in some senses, you've also, you've already wasted three months where you could have been giving actionable feedback and, and plans to people. And, and apart from quarterly reviews that are kind of in concert with the one-on-ones, it's, it's definitely a matter of the questions you're asking, like you're saying today. I mean, what do you want to be doing next? Where do you want to focus where do you want to grow? How can we build that plan for this year? Like, and I think that also dovetails into like, okay, you know, you're saying you want to do more project management, more leadership, and why we're probably not going to send you on like a coding conference for a week. We're, we're going to try something different to send you on that kind of aligns with your plans so that you're not bored there as well, right? So definitely my 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 experience has been that the one-on-ones allow you to pivot a lot faster with the people on your team uh, and help deal with changes in their careers. Like, in, And the flip side can occur where they've put six months into wanting to lead, you know, grow out of the team and lead it. And they go like, you know what, like this team lead thing, like I very much enjoy this. Like this is kind of where, like I've worked with people who are senior team leads and they've been doing it for years and they want to stay in that role um, because it gives them the best of both worlds and, and is the satisfaction that they want and need in their job. 
And then I guess the final thing I dig into is how do you help teams to help themselves to grow in their career? How do you think about book clubs, learning circles, one-on-one mentorships, you know, perhaps even between peers? How do you think about building other structures within to the org that can help people to, to help each other to level up? Yeah, so there's a lot of things you can do with, well, especially developers, like we would hold um, mentorship groups. Like I led one for a while to help uh, some of the developers and IT specialists on our team become uh, Microsoft MVPs. And kind of we had like uh, monthly sessions where we got together and everyone had, you know, work they had to bring and do. And then we could talk about and provide feedback to each other. Um, I'm definitely a big proponent of people blogging and finding their writing voice uh if if only if it helps them crystallize ideas in their heads so they're not really no don't worry about putting it out to an audience don't worry about who's reading it but you're really trying to find you know who you are when you're talking about ideas and how you're going to convey those ideas to people and 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 that's a great way to provide guidance to people like that doesn't have to be inside the organization as well Definitely inside the organization, it's really like the growing the team is and the individual is, you know, don't wait for stuff to be assigned to you. Like if you want to lead a project and lead a team, then like who's stopping you? And and the answer is generally nobody. It's just that, you know, yeah, you might have a lot of work on your plate now. And it's a question of whether you want to put in that extra effort to make that leap. You know, people who make leaps over different job roles or into different positions, they're not getting there from, you know, just focusing on work that people give them. And, and again, like, you know, like I talked earlier about the grunt work that I sometimes take on as, as the man and manager of a group, but, you know, there'll be times where you're assigned grunt work as well, especially as a new member of the team. And if you find a way to kind of eliminate that grunt work or make it better or automate it or something and, then all of a sudden it's like, okay, like I've gotten, I've freed up this time that I can now work on other things. So how can I be a bigger part of that change in the, in the team? Um, One of the things with teams that I always find one of the hardest things to hear is, is that, you know, when we were smaller, we delivered more. And it's kind of one of those, those lines that just, you know, like it's like stake through the heart and your, and your shoulders just, just slump because, you know, you've put all this effort into growing a team, into building it. And unfortunately, what sometimes happens is, is the process of the, of the team will creep in slowly over time. And then it sometimes gets to the point where it's like, okay, now we're just, we're not doing as much as we did before. And, and, and that's a good time to do a reset with your team to go like, why are we not doing as well as we did before? Like does, and sometimes it comes down to that uh, either it's become more structured or process wise or, the team sometimes just feels like we don't have the authority to make to take the initiative like we used to, and we don't have that that trust from either you know you as our manager or or the company at large. So it's like so sometimes it's these very fundamental issues um, that that aren't hard to fix, but do require kind of getting back to the roots uh, of when the team was was formed. Well, Greg, thank you so much for taking the time to talk today. No problem. Thank you. It was a pleasure to be here, Peter. This episode was produced by the amazing team over at Dante32. 
a podcast production agency focusing on content strategy, audio production, and distribution. Check them out at Dante32.com. And if you'd like to receive new episodes as they're published, please subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a review in Apple Podcasts. It really helps others to find the show. Thank you.